this morning as I come to you, I come to you to share with you a little bit different. I'm looking forward to next week as well. There's a message that has been stirring in my heart for a number of weeks. And because May and June have a lot of topical messages that we deal with, I really have not been able to put that message in place to bring it to you. Next week, I'm looking forward to what God has to share in this house about his church. This morning, I do want to focus on men. If you're a man, can I see your hand? If you're not a man, God bless you. No, I'm going to get in trouble. It, uh, I guess the best way I know how to start this or to share this is that there are so many men with what I would call preconceived ideas that are basically lies about life and what it actually means to be a man. I think men have been impacted, influenced, formed, shaped, kicked around, brought about, and caused to think in a certain way or in a certain fashion. And this morning, I want to just, I just want to talk, I want to share on some points that I call lies, lies that men believe. But to start out, let me give you a portion of scripture that's found in Psalm 22, because it's an amazing prophetic writing which really foretells the crucifixion of Jesus hundreds of years before it happened. As a matter of fact, Jesus quoted the very first verse of Psalm, I'm sorry, uh, Jesus would quote the very first verse of Psalms as he hung on the cross when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He's literally quoting Psalm 22 at that point. But look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. It says, many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bastion encircle me. <laughs> That's a weird statement. But again, this is prophesying the crucifixion of Christ. And the best way I know how to explain that verse is that Jesus knew what it was like to be surrounded by bulls encircled by bulls. But then you've got from verses 28 to 31, the concluding of that chapter. And from verse 28, it talks about dominion belongs to the Lord. It goes on to say future generations will be told about the Lord. And it ends up with what it says in verse 31. It says, they will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. For he has done it. It had you, it had me in mind. It was all about a proclamation to his righteousness to a people who were not yet born because he had done it. Jesus, can I put it this way? Jesus beat the bull. Do me, do me a favor. Just go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell him, Jesus beat the bull. That's scriptural. You know, don't you go around it any other way. There, and, and what I'm bringing this to, and what I want you to understand is that there is stuff that comes to men from various sources. And, you know, I'm not trying to say all these people. You know, no, but there are sources from 
that, 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 that stuff, the way that men are supposed to be, men are supposed to act, men are supposed to have this quality. And it comes from, from their Sunday school teachers, it comes from moms, it comes from wives, it, it comes from the media, it comes from all over the, all over the place. And it throws men around from side to side. You know, it's, it's almost like it's that, you know, snorting bull, okay? That, that's, that's, that's bucking and throwing. Have you ever watched a, a bull rider in the rodeo and what takes place and how that bull reacts? I mean, snarling, it's attacking. It's a, it's a goring beast that throws men into confusion and wants to put men in the dirt. That's what the bull is. That's what the bull is about. When you get in the bull riding competition, you have to stay on the bull for eight seconds. Well, because that's true, I have come up with eight lies that throw men off. Okay? Eight lies of what I call the stuff about real men. Lies about real men. All right, men? You ready? I want to hear that. Uh, yeah. Bring it. <laughs> okay. The first real lie is that real men don't answer to anybody. That's a very common belief concept. You don't believe me? When was the last time your husband pulled over to find directions? And the truth is that, you know, <laughs> thank God for GPSs now, right? And But we don't even get those right most of the time, do we? But the truth is we don't, you know, the lie is that we don't want anybody telling us what to do. This can, can I put it this way? This is what bull riders refer to as a rank bull, a, a bull that's really hard to ride. It's, it's hard to tame. If you have this lie in your psyche, it's a hard one to tame. You know, you can't take a boss telling you what to do. Don't listen to your wife or even the kids when what they say is exactly what needs to be heard? Didn't think I'd get shouted down on that one, but I, I needed to give it. Okay? So, that first one, very simply, is real men don't answer to anybody. It's a lie. If you would allow me to say, that's a bunch of bull. Number two is, there's nothing I can do about it. Okay, that's another lie. They have a con you know it's it's about having a condition that's common to men, and and that they are, we are passive aggressive males. Many men are the master of of mixed messages, uh, saying one thing and then some, and sitting on the fence, not making a decision. We don't, there's a lot of men who don't engage at all, and then they engage with aggression. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they don't want to know anything about the finances, anything about what's going on there, but yet when it comes time to actually doing something or having something, 
and there's, there's not, you know, just boom, they blow up. Wow, it makes all this money. I bring it home. It's amazing. They don't engage. And when they do, they engage with aggression. There are men all over, and probably even in here, who, who don't like their jobs. They don't like their careers. They don't like the physical condition they're in. I won't say any more to that. They don't have the kind of connection that they wish they had with their wives. And the interesting thing is that most of these men won't do anything to change any of those changeable conditions. You can just chop me down anytime you're ready. That's fine. But there's that feeling of helplessness, powerlessness. They will tell you they're tired and basically just resign to leave things pretty much like they are. Those are the kind of guys that are probably the norm. They say, there's, there's nothing I can do. And I'll tell you straight up, I say that's a bunch of bull. You all going to quote me on this later? Number three is grown men don't need to fight. At least that's what our moms and wives tell us. And the Sunday school teacher told us that we need to grow up. And while it's true that mature men outgrow those, those kind of petty, pointless brawlings, that doesn't mean that they don't need something to fight for. Men are at their best when they have a cause worth fighting for. Something or someone to stand up and fight for. Y'all know the... the, the the line of dogs called poodles. Do you realize that poodles originally were used to be a hunting dog? And now they tiptoe around, they tiptoe around the yard, and you know they're, they're afraid to get their feet wet in those little puddles. Some men are just like that. I mean, over-domesticated like poodles, tiptoeing through life. Not only do men need to fight, they need a cause worth fighting for. They say grown men don't need to fight. I say that's, that, that's, that's, that's a bunch of hooey. Hooey. Well, yeah, it's a bunch of bull. Well, ready for number four? We're going to wing right through these. Yeah, you're going to love me for this one. It's the woman's job to raise the children. I'm, I'm preaching this one, okay, okay. You know what bothers me the most? Is the unprecedented fatherless crisis. I was reading the article the other day. 18.5 million children grow up without their fathers. The unfortunate thing is the United States has the world title as the leader in fatherlessness. No other country has the numbers we have. 
25% of our young people grow up without a father in their home. The results are staggering. I mean, I could talk to you about suicides, runaways. 85% of youth with behavioral, behavioral problems come from fatherless homes. 85%. 70% of all adolescent patients in, in, in drug and, and alcohol treatment centers originate from homes without a father. And, and, and fatherless children, and I'm not saying this is the norm, thank God for the church, but they struggle to gain their footing in the world. The, the impact of fatherlessness is far-reaching in the areas that I, I haven't got the time to even tell, but it's very easy to look at the data. It's scary. And, and guys, I'm going to tell you straight up, you know, you got children or you don't have children. We need to step up to the plate with some of our, our, our single families, our single mothers, and with their children. But still, you've got a lot of guys out there who say it's a woman's job to raise the children. Well, just like my dear sister said, I say that's a bunch of bull. And how about this one? Real men don't cry. I didn't expect sound effects for this this time. Stoicism is a foundation in our country. Came in through the Quakers and a few other areas in that line. But that Stoicism has been with us ever since. They tell little boys, little boys don't cry. They, 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 will, they will give those it, that it's all about being unemotional. And there's just so many men that just, I mean, the lie is that real men are stoic, that they're unemotional, that they're inexpressive. And as a result, they don't communicate care. They don't communicate love. They don't communicate appreciation, consideration. They don't even compliment. I love that video and what it was doing, what it was saying, especially at the end. How many times do you hear fathers telling their kids, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're the best kid I've ever had. We have no problem telling them that, you know, just because God picked your nose doesn't mean that the consequences of this is emotionally scarred families and hurt marriages. They say real men don't cry, but I say that's a bunch of Number six, you have to demand respect. Men can sometimes demand certain kinds of behavior from others. 
maybe you know, I won't quote the words, but yeah, you know, I've, we, we, <laughs> but men sometimes demand certain kinds of behavior from others by intimidation or by threats. But a man can never get respect, friend, by demanding. Hello? A man can never gain respect by demanding it. It's one of the biggest lies men fall for. They think that their child's fear, that their child's fear of them is the same as their child respecting them. No, 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 no. Understand that an aggressive man is not the same as an assertive man. Hear that? An aggressive man is not the same as an assertive man. Aggressive men rely on loudness, intimidation, even threats. Aggressive men are glad to tell you what they think, but lack the grace and consideration when doing it. Aggressive men manipulate with verbal and sometimes physical bullying. Aggressive men frighten women and children. Now, assertive, on on the other hand, assertive is to be positive and confident in a persistent way. In other words, an assertive man operates out of confidence, not fear, which is why he doesn't resort to loudness or intimidation. (coughs) Women and children feel safe and protected around assertive men. And women and children respect but don't fear assertive men. Now, I've watched many times how fathers have tried to demand respect. I say it's a bunch of bullshit. Let me give you number seven. Number seven is one of my favorites. Worship is for women or weird men. There's a lot of good Christian men that have a very weak worship muscle, especially here in America. (laughs) Keep thinking of the, the Hebrews and how God worked with them. They were very expressive in their emotions and in their life. They would just dance and dance and dance. But you know what? There was nothing weird about it. Let me say this, that heart-engaged worship doesn't happen in the this side of the brain, which is where most of the men think most of the time. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's basically called the left hemisphere or the dinosaur side of our brain. Okay, I'm going on with that. So because worship forces men to take a break from their right brain, analytical, rational, factual frame of mind, a man may conclude that worship is for women. When it comes to a, a worship service, you know, a guy may wonder, you know, why do this? What good is it? What am I getting out of this? Really, 
Why do people need to sing? Why do they need to clap? Why do they need to raise their hands? They say worship is for women or weird men. I say that's a bunch of bull. Time to beat the bull. And number eight, women like men who let them make all the decisions. And these men couldn't be more wrong. They mistake a woman's desire to be involved in decisions for a woman wanting him to let her make all the decisions. And get this, even, even when they think they want to make all the decisions, they don't. Because they long for a husband who will make good decisions on behalf of the family. Hello, somebody. I'm going to say something you might not like me for, but I'm going to say it anyways. And that is that women don't respect passive men. They may tolerate them, but they don't respect them. This is where I get in trouble because my wife's in this service. But Kathy is, is strong-willed. Oh, yes, she is. But strong women test men. Strong women test men. Look, they, they, I, you know, sometimes I get tested. Like, I'll call her cell phone three or four times, and she never answers it. Or I'll say something to her, or talk to her, or ask her something, and there's just silence. Which she responds to basically being, I'm thinking about it. Or there's, there's other, boy, she is staring me down right now. I just, but I won't get into all of it. How about that, Kathy? I'll just let it rest right there. But what I'm saying here is, 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 is that <laughs> come quickly, Lord Jesus. How many know that wives can ask you a lot of questions? But I know that, that she, you know, she, Kathy doesn't want to lead our home. And she doesn't want a husband who she controls. She may make her moves and try her hand, but she will respect me because of my strength. Isn't that right, Kathy? <laughs> Not passiveness, but strength. They say women like men who let them make all the decisions. I say that's a bunch of bull. I'll try to include Kathy on my decisions. Actually, quite a bit. We'll be in the car driving down the road, honey. Where would you like to go out to eat tonight? Oh, I don't care. Wherever you'd like to go. Really? Okay, how about how about let's go Mexican tonight? Oh, I'm not really into Mexico tonight or Mexican tonight. Oh, okay, then fine. Where would you like to go? Oh, I don't care. Anywhere you'd like to go. You know, guys, the reason I bring this up and the reason I share this is because we need to recognize a solid biblical 
understanding of what it means to be a man. I'm not talking about culture, custom, or tradition. Well, then, pastors, why, why can't we have more than one wife all the time? You know, two or three wives better than a So I, I nicely lay my hands on them and pray that God will deliver them, set them free. I can't handle one. But what I'm saying here is that, honestly speaking, we perish because of a lack of what? Absolutely. And men, God called you to be and created you to be a man. And to understand what that entails. And understand what that means when it comes to leading and guiding. When it comes to being the man that God has created you to be. How many know that it doesn't just come naturally? God creates this little boy and he grows up and now he's full of wisdom and insight. Understand? No. We develop and grow by what we invest, by what we attend to. Your prayer life is not going to be a strong prayer life until you know to pray and practice. We have to go from not knowing that we don't know to knowing we don't know, which is the beginning of knowledge. Let me give you a quote. It's not out of the scripture, but I think it should be in there. <laughs> Getting ready for that one. But it's, it's, the quote is very simple. It's on the back of your page here. It says, he who knows not and knows not he knows not, he is a fool. Shun him. He who knows not and knows he knows not, he is simple. Teach him. He who knows and knows not, he knows, he is asleep. Wake him. He who knows and knows he knows, he is wise. Follow him. The reason that most men do not go from not knowing to knowing is because of something called pride. Because of something that stands in the way. And the Bible says that pride goes before a fall. It's crash, boom, bang. The one thing that has always got me in trouble with my wife has been my pride. And that pride. rob, steal, and kill what you have. To each and every believer in this place, I say God is talking to all of us this day. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy.
enemy comes to us and fills us with a worldly understanding. And I say that because when you take a look at where our cultures have come and what it is that we're to accept and to allow that this really is the naturalness of things. That this is the natural way of things. I'm, I'm going to lay it down. I don't, I, don't, I don't usually do stuff like that, but that's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm sorry. I love the homosexual, but the homosexuality is straight from the pit of hell. I love the transgender, but the transgenderness. Where did that influence come from? Well, they were born with it. So you're telling me I need to accept it, that that's the way God created them, and they are no different than anybody else, even though the scripture has specificness. Friend, what scares me the most is the lies that have crept into the church and the church promotes and the church allows. But friend, you better get back to your Bible and realize that God is a God of justice, yes, but he is not a God of justice if he is not a God of judgment. And judgment comes. It's not, you need to hear this, it's not all going to come at the end when, you know, Christ returns, and Christ is returning. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm letting you know now, I don't care where you're at in time, it is this present day, I believe God's judgment is coming down on those who are saying, no, God, or changing God, or the bottom line is the original night, you shall be as God. Give me a break. That is a lie. Man shall live how? Jesus quoted it in the hour of temptation. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that what? Did not Christ live that way? I don't do anything unless I hear my father say it. He, and understand, he wasn't God pretending to be man. Jesus is the name of his humility. He is very much man. So there is a limitedness to his understanding and he operates in something we would understand as faith. And that faith is in his Father. And as a result of the Holy Spirit on his life, he hears what the Father is saying. He sees what the Father is doing. Well, guess what? Jesus now is just, oh, he's gone now. It's okay. You are joined to Christ. Do you understand what that means? Christ lives in you. And the life that you live by the flesh, in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God. Oh, mm, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Get back into Hebrews, why don't you? I get excited about this because when I see Jesus, and I know Jesus is alive in me, the life I live, he's a good father. And I want to say this to each and every believer. Don't expect this to just fall on you. 
boom. Oh, I see it now. Oh, boom. God teaches me by and through the Holy Spirit. He shows me. He gives me revelation of Jesus Christ. How? In prayer, in reading his word, in thinking upon him. It just doesn't happen. And I'm here to declare to you, don't believe the lies of the devil. I don't care who you are this morning. Don't believe the lie of the enemy who will shut you down and shut you up. I don't know who got you to think like that. I don't know how you began to think like that, ladies. Okay, no difference in what I'm saying between men and between you. There's a lot of baggage you carry because of previous influences. And with some of that, it came from unfortunately men. But I can tell you this morning, he's a good, good God. Father, I thank you for this word this morning, and I thank you for speaking into our hearts and lives. But now, Lord, I pray that the hearts of those who don't know you as Lord and Savior, Redeemer and Friend, that those who don't know you in true relationship, in forgiveness, and in grace, this morning there would be no hesitation but to recognize I can't do this life the way I've been doing this life. I need Jesus. If that's you this morning with your heads bowed I'm going to ask you would you if you're making that choice to say yes to Jesus then it's time to put a black eye on the enemy's lies. Would you right where you're at, just simply, that's me. I'm saying yes to Jesus. And, and acknowledge that by just slipping your hand up right where you're at this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you right where you're at. Because you're making a choice right now, and that choice, God bless you, man. There, there, there are people here this morning that need that choice, that need to know that freedom, that only our Lord and our Savior can bring. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. And I'm not just talking to certain people. I'm talking to those who are in relationships and family. Just because you've got people around you doesn't mean you don't feel lonely. Pain of loneliness is the greatest pain there is. But this morning, God wants you to know that you're not alone. He's not only here with you, He is here for you. Lord, I thank you for hearts this morning that have responded to you. And Lord, as they receive you into their lives, as they believe upon you, Let them feel. Let them know. Let them understand. Love on them 
guide them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, raise them up. As they say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. So when they do, when they make that choice, you make the change. God, I pray. Bless them this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.